Hey there, Shopamaniacs, you're listening to a Shop Talk Show, a podcast with Chris and Dave. We're gonna do some hip-hop, yay. What's up, Chris? <laughs> Lots of nothing, Lot, no, all of the stuff. Thanks for the good intro, though. Love it. I hey. Appreciate it. That's, uh, you do 500-some, 90-some episodes of a podcast, you, you get, yeah, you, you iterate, you know, on the, on the intro exactly. a bit, you know? I switch it up, you get bored. Uh, no, this isn't going to be boring. Though. I, was, I have some stuff. I need this is like a like a web components therapy episode just for the beginning here because there there's a lot of people web writing about component it. Component therapy. <laughs> One of them is that is that you know we had we, I don't know, we've talked about web components forever and I think it's pretty good. But light dom web components are having a moment. Having people a moment. are deciding that they're kind of cool. It's lots of people have started this up. Oh, you were part of the party because you reintroduced FitVids, you know, angle bracket fit dash vids. Got to have a dash in custom mm-hmm. elements, of yep, course, yep. one of the requirements of them. And then you may or may not put stuff inside of a custom element, right? You could just have nothing inside of there if you want to, right? You don't have to put anything inside of a custom element. You could do nothing. And it could output the most elaborate DOM you've ever seen inside mm-hmm. yep. if you want to. But whether that's light DOM or shadow DOM, that's up to you. You don't have to use one or the other. Yeah. If you want to use the shadow DOM, you can. And if you do, you get a couple of things. You get like the fact that I can chuck some styles in there. I almost said wank again, and I keep my brain wants to say that, and it's not a good vibe. It's not not uh, whack it, approved, whack it in yeah. there, <laughs> whack it in there. Whatever HTML you want to put in there, you know. And then and then you could drop some CSS in there, and it's not going to bleed outside of the web component. More and I'm so unconvinced that I even care about that anymore. Of course, I like style scoping, but we have scope in CSS now. We, there's just it's just not that hard of a problem to solve that I don't want to use the hammer of the shadow DOM to do that. But also, like I can use stuff like a button element inside of it and not worry that styles from the outside are going to affect that element too. I kind of get that part of it mm-hmm, that I want to have a little more control. Mm-hmm. And even like even like a query selector from the outside c- will not like accidentally find something inside of a web component. So it's not like I hate the shadow knob. I actually kind of like that it's kind of a cool web platform thing that can be done. You can optionally use it. So no real hate. But I feel like the fact that I can scaffold out a web component using stuff that has been from inside the guts of the custom element or not, or augment it, wrap mm-hmm. a button, do a, I can do any of that stuff, and I can just use the light DOM is so, it's almost like eye-opening to me. I'm like, yeah, that's what I would prefer to do. I didn't quite understand that you could do that. I, 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 at some point, I thought... If it's light DOM, it means that it's just the stuff that's inside the custom element just gets put mm-hmm. into the web component, and that's my only opportunity for light DOM. No, it is not. You can do anything else. You can do inner HTML, that whole thing. Do some. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that's something I'm even realizing, too. I mean, just like, you know, I, I think like a big part of web components is the shadow DOM, and so like you should use it, you should know about it, you should, but like, yeah, not every web component necessarily needs the encapsulation and stuff like that um, uh, that Shadow DOM provides. Uh, you know, I, I think like you get five thousand lines of DOM injection going. You probably should have just you probably should snap a <laughs> a Shadow DOM in there at some point. But like, okay, yeah, it's like it's too much. Like, there's problems. Or come up because it's not encapsulated yeah you're just you've just added you know like um you know you've just added dom elements rather than like creating a tokenized template structure that the dom can you know or shadow dom can optimize and you know that might happen if you're injecting a map or something that has all kinds of interactive controls and depth and stuff or whatever right right so but yeah like you know i i think i'm coming around to realizing like you know, custom elements are also a delivery vehicle, which is maybe not the right term, but, but it's just this idea of like, I I'm, it's a bundle. I'm wrapping, I'm including these styles and these, uh, in this functionality. 
and you just send me whatever and I'm going to try to make sense of it. And, you know, so it's, it's a delivery vehicle. And what's cool about like FitVids, the, the component, and this is like a weird problem we had on the repo. If you inject web component fit dash vids and then iframe my thing, it like auto instantiates itself. Like, like it, it'll automatically go, Oh, okay. I'll just figure myself out, you know? Um, right. Whereas like in FitVids, a jQuery version, if you injected a new video on the page, FitVids had already run and done its job. So it does so you'd have to like call FitVids again on that video. Um so it's just kind of cool. I don't know. It, it's just like you get kind of some like bonus. It is better. I know you're hesitant to even do it, stuff. but you're like, it's actually kind of good way yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I mean, it works for my website. It would work in Markdown, you know, yeah. like I just like, I could just chuck it on my sites. Now I have a pretty okay. Like I just do the aspect ratio thing, but you know, if I got right. into weird size videos or whatever, the right best video format changes, I, I got to rethink my situation. So Fitvids kind of works there. So, Yeah. Right. I mean, to me, it's interesting that there was this, you know, there's maybe this like reactor view model where you're like, I'm going to put an on click right on that button and I'm going to, that's where the JavaScript is going to be. It's going to be part of the component, the, the mm -hmm. code that executes is right next to it. That's like super tight next mm -hmm. to each other. Then there was the, you know, the jQuery model or even the vanilla JS model that's like, well, I'm going to have to query selector for that element. I'm going to have to add an event listener and then I'm going to have to listen for that event listener and do it. That's very loose. It's very far away code. Mm -hmm. Whereas web components is kind of the middle ground to me that it's like I can take this existing DOM element and wrap something around it and apply the functionality there. It's like, seems like middle tightness. Yeah, there, there's this other discussion going on, like Brian LaRue and Zach Leatherman kind of talking about like, is progressive enhancement, does it need a rebrand, you know, which is, these are, and Scott Gels, I think, involved. And, you know, I think that's an old discussion, but, you know, I think people are like, you know, maybe we need like a new way to express this, you know, um, that doesn't have the whatever emotional baggage of progressive enhancement as a term. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I mean, I'm like, whatever moves the ball forward, but, yeah. but the, um, but one thing I think I've realized is, you know, the whole idea of like sprinkle some JavaScript, like we need to kill that. Like I say, sprinkle some JavaScript. I mean, one thing, I mean like, you know, a jQuery function here and there, you know, mm. I, it does not explain the process. There's no, that's not an educational statement. That's like fill in the blanks, dude, you know, like you figure it out. And, and like, I feel like a, for a proper methodology, there needs to be something like, like where I would say wrap it in a web component is way more explicit than sprinkle some JavaScript, you know, find a mm. web component that does the job and wrap your component in a web component or use a web component. Um, like that's way more uh, expressive than uh, sprinkle some JavaScript, you know? So I like that. Yeah, that's me. I, I just like, I don't know what the final term is, but, the, but that's just the idea to me is like, uh, I think if I were to criticize, uh, progressive enhancement, you know, it, it just, it, it's like, Hey, just make your site work without JavaScript. And then like somebody who's like looking at an entire react client side react app is like, probably not. Nope. <laughs> you know, like they're like, I, that's just not, in the cards right now, you know, or they're looking at, you know, I think even 10 years ago, you'd have like 10,000 lines of like mustache code, you know, somewhere, you know, templates and stuff. You'd just be like, dude, I don't think it's going to work. I think it's easier if I just go all JavaScript, you know? So I think anyway, progressive enhancement, I think like, I, I don't know. It just sort of was like, go figure out how to make it work without JavaScript, you know, rather than like do these things, then do this thing, you know, like, mm -hmm need, need mm -hmm. more of a formula. So, well, that's on my mind a little bit too. Cause I start, I got started talking about light doms. You can put stuff within the custom element or not. Right. Mm -hmm. If your idea is I want to put as little in there as possible, which I think you could be in that headspace. You can be like, I want the point of me making this component is abstraction. I don't want to have any responsibility for what goes inside there because that's what the JavaScript should be doing. I think that's a reasonable thought but maybe one that can't last. 
because it's not progressive enhanced at all. Mm-hmm. It's if there if the JavaScript doesn't run, then you get nothing at all. Then, right, which is a, a kind of a problem, right? So you need to probably get into the thought of like each web component I use probably needs some stuff inside, and you could think of it as a fallback, but you know it might be better to think of it as like I should just put everything in there. And if it's too complicated and I'm not getting the abstraction that I want, then I should ask for that from my framework. And so it does appeal to me, speaking of Brian LaRue and Jack Leatherman, that they both have different approaches with Enhance and WebC that do that. That I can, yeah. that part of the build process does produce HTML that has all the crap barfed out inside of it that then ships to the browser, which means you get like this complete web component on in, on first road or SSR as the kids call it. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, I think. I mean, you are in a sense adding a build step then, and that is, you know, a moment of pause because man, too many goddamn build steps in, in the world today. And part of the beauty of web components sometimes is man, if you don't need one, ain't that awful nice. You know, can I declaratively do this or, you know, even like the lit HTML approach? Well, I think it has some SSR solution. You don't have to use that. You can it can kind of be this client only no build concern. And that's appealing. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think if you want the real abstraction from web components and you want good SSR and good progressive enhancement, it's build step territory. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some work going on to make make it more declarative where maybe you don't need a big build step kind of thing, but um um or or always need JavaScript for everything. Um but that's probably years off, you know, realistically. Um But I even think, then, like every car every, you know, Chris card element on the whole page needs to bring its own all of its HTML then, you know, like yeah. I have to author that somehow. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's like different levels of progressive enhancement, you know, like Chris card can have like the light Dom you put inside can be like H three pepperoni pizza and right, 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 right. A, you know, a class button by now, you know, like it can, you can send that MVP and it can have an image too. That actually might be better. Might be better. Right? Yeah. I think of the image comparison pack or, uh, one that that's classic example in web components. It, mm-hmm. What's inside is just two IMG tags. That's it. So when it fails, you don't want a weird div with little arrows on it being rendered on the page because that's not doing anything because it has failed to load the JavaScript. What you want to see is just the two images. A stackaroo, yeah. You want you yeah. want a stack, and so like I think like you could say like you know okay well we can use named slots. To you know, slot in the image, the title, and the buy button. You know, maybe a description, a rating, or whatever. All the crap you have, and then we can slot that into the specific web component functionality, whatever that is. You know, maybe your rating turns into a user rating thing, like where a user can actually set the rating. You know, or or can sort by ratings, or jump to ratings, or whatever. You know, or click and open a modal about rating. Um. Whatever that functionality is, you can enhance that from just a little bit of light DOM, you know. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of potentials. I like it. I'm just catching up. I'm sure that's been in your mind for ages. But now that this, because I was so hesitant the whole time, just because I just am a little salty about Shadow DOM entirely. Like I hate the styling solution of Web Components, so I just don't. I just I'm like screw it. I'm out. You know. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm like, ooh, I can just do. I can just not use it. I feel like more into it. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll just not use it. No, no, there's a issue on web components community group, I guess, but it was it was about this idea of open stylable web components, like allowing you to jump in and add styles from the parent. This is useful for tailwind situations. This is useful for bootstrap classes or whatever, you know, mm. existing CSS, you know. If you're writing like Greenfield, you can do whatever you want, but if you have stuff already, like or are mixing stuff or don't author the components, you kind of want a way to style them. You want your buttons to all look the same, right? Um, and so, the, but it was like use Shadow DOM <laughs> still, though, 
Or like, what's the point of Shadow Dom? I guess it would be in Shadow Dom, but but open styleable would be kind of like open closed components. Like you have access from the outside or not. And like maybe open styleable would let you go through it. Um, I don't know what the specific idea there is, but it, I, I went through and I collected all these blog posts, like, um, like Manuel's, uh, you know, Eric Myers, all these other ones, like these blog posts and just, um, put a big, like here's 10 blog posts where people talk about how open styling web components would make it their lives better, or they're reaching for light Dom only solutions because the shadow Dom is a major foot gun. So I don't know. I was just like, this is a very talked about issue, you know? And of course some dudes like, well, I don't need it. Here's what I do. And it's like, yeah, dude, that doesn't what you do sucks. <laughs> or like, doesn't matter. Like, like it's cool. Like you can, you figured out a hack that works for you, but like, we need non hacks, you know? So yeah. Web components. I, I think there's a future there. I, I think it just needs, you know, people need a blog about like light Dom only would, or like open styling would change the game for me. Or I would use web components if they, I could style them easier, you know, like a blog post like that would whatever, uh, launch a thousand browser ships. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I I think there's there's a bit of a renaissance here. You know, web components are more useful, and some of that is the underlying technologies are more useful, like declarative shadow DOM and stuff like that is coming to Firefox, I think, pretty soon. But but browsers are all now evergreen; they're all now modernizing regularly. So like, and they all have web component stuff in it. So it's a finally usable in my mind. So within the last whatever three years or so. Oh. I like the markdown angle. You should you should play that one up as much as you can. As that's really strong, I think. The MDX in Web Compose? Yeah. Oh, I got part two of, of that one. I wrote a blog post about it. It's just use markdown. <sighs> uh, but I got a follow-up here. Um, spoils. I'll do, mm-hmm. this, do a spoiler here. Um, let me pull it up. It's, um, yeah, it might be a few weeks for this drops. Ooh, sorry, oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. I don't mean to pull oh, back the curtain there, but we are one week ahead here. Oh, yeah. So... And my part two is seriously though, it's just write some stuff, put in a web component, <laughs> write some stuff. It'll pretty much work. Anyway. So that's part two of my Oh, that's beautiful. Name. Yeah, like a real emphasis on it. But yeah, no, maybe not everybody knows this, but but I mean that Dave's point is that HTML or uh, the markdown syntax supports uh HTML. You want yeah, do you want to just abort into some HTML? Go for it. It works great. Which is funny because it's a little bit like, why was MDX so complicated then? It's like, it's Markdown, but it allows angle brackets. You know, you're like, so does Markdown though, you know? But I get that it's a little bit more complicated. It needs to get parsed into a React component or whatever. Well, it allows your reactor view inside of whatever you're using, yeah. I know, but it seems like a a 20 lines of code kind of thing, not a, this is a a huge technological project. But that's just ignorance. I don't actually understand everything no, that's doing. Web components, it's like get the curse bleeper out ends, but uh, it's free. So like, just <laughs> use that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, given a choice of doing something like that has cost versus doing something that's free, do the free thing, please. Like, get. Break out of a bill step. I know, I know. People like spending money. They're like, do, do your kids want to go hiking or do they want to go to the indoor trampoline park? You know, they want to go to the oh, They want to go to the indoor trampoline. <laughs> but I bought a trampoline, so joke's not. No, we still went to the trampoline park. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But my daughter can flip. Anyway, let's go. Oh, really? A flip? Dude, oh, she's impressive. she's a she's into cheer. Cheer, way different than gymnastics. If you say gymnastics, she's like, full like middle fingers to you like i don't do gymnastics i do cheer and you're like okay sorry sorry yeah, that's the thing don't <laughs> don't screw that up don't full. mess up your kid's thing uh i but saw anyway. this great instagram of this old lady she's like you want to see my backflip my double backflip and you know and she starts she starts jumping up her legs you know and people are like and they get behind her to just just catch her maybe in case it screws up or whatever and they're all ready and she's going up and down on her knees and then she just pushes both her arms backwards and flips the bird <laughs> it's a double <laughs> a double backflip good god it was, it was so good she pulled it off with bigger it was the perfect instagram reel oh man all right here's one for you speaking of mdx and stuff 
Code Hike. CodeHike.org. Go there. Check it out. Have you seen this thing? Mm. Okay. Brand new, fresh oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, you're like walking through a code. You get little snippets and junks, right? Well, it does all kinds of stuff. But the, the, the I think at, at its very simplest, it's just like a JSX or uh, MDX, you know, like you're using mm-hmm. the triple triple fence tactic in, in Markdown and just yeah. say like, oh, this is some JavaScript code. And it syntax highlights it and it puts it on the page and it does a nice job of that. So it's just a syntax highlighter. But of course, their tagline is not just a syntax highlighter because it can do all kinds of other stuff. So it can highlight a line. Well, you'd expect it to be able to do that, right? But it can highlight multiple lines. It looks like it has a nice syntax for that. And then it has like this function called spotlight, where instead of highlighting a line by giving it extra styles, it unstyles everything else, mm-hmm. kind of unsyntax mm-hmm. highlights it and stuff. But it looks like there's some animations too. So you can say, you know, here's another code block and I want you to kind of transition one code block from the other code block. So slide in some lines, highlight some different lines, etc. It also styles it like where it can tell you what file it is, which is pretty yeah. common for documentation. Like you can use that or not use that. Everything about it looks pretty nicely done. Uh, uh, but what's confusing about this to me, I don't know the story, so I'm not trying to like talk crap or anything, but it, the, you go, oh, show me the uh, show me the demos then. The demos look really cool. You can see three demos and all the rest of them have a lock icon on them. And if you click on one with a lock icon, it takes you to some page where it's like almost going to show you it, but it doesn't. And then it says, this is a locked demo. In order to see it, five people need to sponsor this demo for $19 per month. Wow. And as soon as there's five people doing that, then you can see the demo. And part of me is like, whoa, that's wild. You know, like you have to subscribe to something you can't even use yet just to see the demo of it, which is a little more than you normally expect, but at the same time, it's like, yo, people got to get paid here. So, right. Like, so asking for money to do some coding work seems okay to me. Like I, I kind of want to, I, I feel both sides of this, like, wow, that's more than I've ever seen ever in a mm-hmm. project like this. And meh, don't hate it, you know? But so who's giving them money? Well, there's a huge list now. There's, you know, dozens of people giving them money, including like Vercel, BrowserStack, Meta. Wow. So so now money is being made and they're still locked, huh. the things. And there's been no commits since J- June or July the or something. The greatest heist so ever made. So it's like you got all these sponsors paying monthly and no progress and no unlocked demos. That part feels bad to me. I don't know. Maybe they, I have no idea who the person is. I don't know if they're a man or a woman or anything. But it does seem a little bit weird to have no up to maybe they got sick, you know, so it's the kind of time where you should shut your mouth. You know, you don't know what the implications are, mm. but it does seem weird to me to have this open source project that's like strongly asking for money, getting money with no output. You know, you're like, mm, OK, well, yeah. Was it $19 for me to see the thing? <laughs> I don't think you even get to see it. Like there's some demos that have two slots left. So if both me and you paid $19 a month, one of the demos would be unlocked, which assumes that it's ready to be shown at all. I mean, maybe it's not even coded yet. I don't know. Well, I will say though, it looks pretty nice. I mean, I wish it was a web component is why I brought it up. I don't want to use MDX to use this. I don't right. want to use React to use this. I want to just use whatever. I'd rather use a web component to use it. So I cons- <laughs> I probably won't give you $19 a month. It seems weird to pay monthly for an open source project, but I'd probably contribute if, if the future of it was a web component. And I, now I've said it publicly, so I'll commit to that. You know, <laughs> I will spend $19 once to support the... Well, here's what's funny, man. I went into the GitHub page. I mean, I'm going to... 43... Percent towards this twelve thousand or twelve hundred a month goal, which is like that's what I would want for working on something full time like this. Yeah, that seems right. It's because it's part time money. Like if I'm so. powering Vercel's documentation, I better effing get twelve hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? And Meta's documentation, like they should twelve hundred seems low almost at that point. If yeah. especially if it's you know very if it requires some maintenance and stuff. Which it probably will. What's interesting is, you know, there's 27 sponsors currently, right? And 85 past sponsors. So it seems like a lot of people, you know. they bailed. Went in and then they're like, wait, nothing's showing up. I'm out. So uh, hopefully everyone's okay. Um, Yeah, let's assume the best here. 
I just called it. I was like, I've never seen anything like this in open source. Four thousand stars on on GitHub. Like the thing has got momentum. So there must be a story behind a total dropout. I do like the pricing here. I mean, other than like nineteen dollars a month fan, thirty nine dollar a month backer, ninety nine dollars professional startup, two ninety nine a month business agency, ninety nine a month enterprise. I do like that idea of like you're just like naming the price for this thing through GitHub sponsorship. Uh, like that yeah. seems like a really like I'm not. But then set. is it is it is it open source or not? You know, it could be a way to just be like it's not. It's a thing it's that you kind buy. Of not yeah yeah. Like you don't get a file issues unless unless you pay for it. But yeah. it's not. I mean, clearly there's a public GitHub repo and stuff. Like it's trying to be open source. So yeah. But I mean, but make it, the choice. Maybe it's people gotta get paid. But yeah, it it is sort of like a weird. Oh, I have no idea. And they're but... notably not getting paid through open source, you know? Yeah. 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 So I think like that's cool. I mean, yeah, but it would be nice if it wasn't just, you didn't have to do full React buy in. So that would be, I wish people would start thinking that way. But I guess there's so much code in React right now. Like that's where people start, you know? So I don't know. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it's weird that that would be a that would be a requirement. You'd think that you could you aren't alienating the React crowd by not having it be React first. Like if it's a web component and it absolutely kicks ass, like it looks like this thing could be React people will use it, will they not? Or does it yeah. have to have React stamped t- twenty times on the outside of it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd think. Uh, there's enough WordPress sites that you know people would want to build stuff for WordPress sites. But <laughs> yay, who am I talking? What am I talking about? So, uh, I, I was spicy on my blog yesterday as I was. Um, I don't know what what. There's a number of things in a the row. SEO that, one. You mad at you mad about yeah, SEO? I was mad about SEO. I was mad about SEO. Tell me about it. Get it off your because, chest. Because I kept thinking about all these things that are related to that three-letter acronym, search engine optimization, that are just annoying in my life. One of them is that it's just endless emails that you can't really block as spam because they're from who knows what and they just look like a text email. But there's some some jerk, some piece of freaking garbage trying however they can to convince you that you should put links to them on their site. It's just an yeah. unbelievable amount of email content. So that's annoying. But that's just some slime ball, right? Not every SEO person is that. Let's put them in the slime ball bucket and move on, you know? The idea that you stole my email address from LinkedIn or some list or something and you emailed me, like, I I just, I don't operate like this. Like, why would I ever, if you stole my email, why would I ever give you money? You could be the best company in the world. You could say, it's free $10,000. I would never email you. Like, if you just, like... I'm never going to reply back. You're not, I'm not going to like hire you to whatever boost me. I'm not going to hire you to, or like put your boss on my podcast. I'm not going to do that. Like you're just, it's just, I don't, I, I just the scammiest behavior. It's the bottom of the, of the food, the, the human food chain, in my opinion, just people who like find an email address online and decide they, they are entitled to email it. I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Hell yeah. Just unbelievable. Entitlement is a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you entitled to email me? Yeah. So there's that. And like I said, let's put them in the slime ball bucket. Here's something yeah. I wouldn't put in the slime ball bucket is all the nice people, for example, who work on uh, like Yoast SEO. It's like got to be the number one WordPress plugin, right? Like I've met Yoast and we've talked, he's been nothing but nice to me over my career. So I'm not trying to like crap on your entire business, but that plugin annoys me. I've used it for a million years and I'm over it. It updates like every five minutes with thousands of changed files. And I don't even uh, like the stuff that it's starting to do, which is like, you need to use more keywords and stuff and AI. And I don't know, just like, it's just, it's hitting me over the head with this concept of SEO that I just don't like. I'm just right. super over it. So I'm on this tear to tear all these SEO plugins. I'm not, it's not only that one, I've used other ones off of stuff because it's just such a hammer of stuff. And, and it, it started to occur to me that like the whole point of this is just trickery. 
It's mm-hmm. it's like to take my stuff and try to beat the other guy and put it on top of their stuff. Yeah. The whole point is like I'm not writing this for human beings. I'm writing for machines because I want to beat an algorithm. I want to beat everybody else. I don't care how good your content is. Mine's the most important and I want to be above you. It's this little rat racey thing and it changes over time too, right? So yeah, the rat race just will continue forever with algorithmic changes and stuff. And nobody's thinking about people. They're not trying to help people. They're trying to beat algorithms and that bothers. Well, and it's not even, it's not like you don't hear a lot of like, dude, we got to be at the top of being dude. We got to Like what's our being strategy, you know? Like it, SEO is for to appease one company, which has so much power. No offense if you work at Google, but like you just have a search monopoly and yeah. like it's to appease one company that people are doing all this stuff. It's like, yeah, it, because there's money in it. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, there, there's just massive right. amounts of money on being on top. But this happens too in other things like people pay to get their, they pay to people to buy their app in Malaysia or whatever so that they could be at the top of the app store, you know, because if you're in that top 10 of the Apple app store, that's like 2 million X more downloads than, than zero, you know, like than one download. So right. The incentives are so high, so high, but yeah, people there and they're making money and that's, so it doesn't matter what I think, you know, if there's money, people are going to do it. And, that there's that. Yeah. But could you imagine if we like tooled, like, I don't know, if this is 30 years ago and you're like, we got to make sure our business shows up at Sears, man. That's really important. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we got to show up at the top of Sears, get our refrigerator on an end cap. You know, I guess people used to do that. But yeah, like, true. But, and there's also stuff like what if you had a conference for front end developers and you did the keywords, you, you search for front end developer conference and some conference three years ago showed up at the top. You'd be like, oh, man, am I so bad for wanting to try to beat them out? Like my conference is coming up. Like, shouldn't I win in some way? Or like there's there's thoughts like that that don't seem so malicious to me. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I just I cannot play that game. It doesn't seem good to me. And then there's this whole idea of like, if I play that game and everybody else is playing that game, that means Google needs to fight against us. Now there's smart people over there that need to be like, okay, well, this is what these people are doing. We need to kind of de-emphasize that because what we're trying to do is have the best content be at the top. I mean, assuming good intent here, which I do, Google wants to put the best stuff at the top. But they have to fight to do it, like, you know, to constantly adjust algorithms better so that it's not slime balls winning. It's the best content. And they have it, they're, they're up against the wall, probably trying to get that to happen. And they have other incentives, like showing lots of ads. Like, I don't know, maybe we'll keep people on Google's website and we'll pluck crap off of the website and just put that information at the top so you never even have to click at all. Just stuff like that that seems like, ugh. Yeah. It just is that bothers me too. So I'm bothered by emails. I'm bothered by the software. I'm bothered by that what's happening with Google. And I'm just like, man, do I just, I just don't want to even think about this and play this. And then, of course, I read this great Verge article from Amanda Chicago Lewis, who's just, she goes to like one, you know, there's people, a lot of people that are like kind of upset about the article. Uh, I'm not one of them. I thought it was hilarious. She like goes to an SEO conference in like Miami or something. And it's, you know, she meets some very nice, few interesting people and, and, and not so good. And some uh, douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But the, the, the industry does attract that kind of people just does you know I, I hate to say it but the, you know there's some people that pushed back against me for even mentioning that article you know like ah just clickbait garbage i'm like i don't whatever read it i i have thoughts this comes from my experience you know like it's not just like whatever amanda chicago lewis says is what i say too i'm like i just think she's wrote about it eloquently and pulled lots of sources from other people that were are upset at what search engine results pages are like these days it's not right. just her thoughts alone she interviewed people it's a whole very interesting story i love the person who tells chris coyer formerly of css tricks like <laughs> gives you advice about seo like yay man se you don't know seo yeah 
Sure. Like it I, was. I was occasionally like I used Yoast SEO and then I used some other one too that I thought was like w- would would get us all as a team kind of like doing more like before we hit that publish button. Can we make sure this page is like kind of checks all the boxes of what it should be doing? Like I'm not hiring incoming link farmers or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if the title is about this, let's make the title something that people would want to click and let's add alt text of all the images, of course, not only for accessibility, but also because that's an SEO tactic as well and use headers without the thing that used the keyword. And like, I didn't last very long doing that, but I did have moments where I was like, yeah, we should probably think about keywords and stuff. Um, and now I regret it. I won't do that again. I'm done with that. Well, it's it's hard to, I mean... You just, yeah, I wish it was just like you said, I think in your post, just like, can I just write stuff and it be good and then I get rewarded, (laughs) you know, like not play the game, you know, could I just not play the game and so. Right. And you can, but it's, it's a longer term game. Like I say, this is how it should be. And, and Google will eventually reward you for your, your hard work. It's true. If I decided to really get into quilting and started quiltingtricks.com and I wrote two, three times a day for 10 years, I'll probably get pretty good quilting search result terms. And if I, but I, you got to be honest and you got to do a good job. It's got to be good content that actual quilters want to read eventually. Yeah. That's yeah. real. You can do that. But no, nobody wants to work for 10 years. I get it. I don't, I'm not. No probably. one likes the 10 year answer. Yeah. No, yeah. they don't. And I, that's, I don't necessarily blame them, but that's the deal. So you mentioned ads. I, I recently went through all my subscription services and started canceling them. Pshum, 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 pshum. Like saving like 70 bucks a month on crap, you know? But sure. one of them, I doubt. Oh, it's so satisfying, isn't it? <clears throat> it's so, yeah. I, I feel like it should be a national holiday. <laughs> I feel like, or every, or every like equinox or something, or, you know, every like, like autumnal and vernal equinox is, is just a reset the subscription day. Right. And so, cause, cause all my subscriptions went up in prices. I assume it's cause of the writer's strike, but like, did the cost of sending digital content go up? I doubt it. So like, why, why did all these get more expensive? But Anyway, sort of as a consumer protection to be like, hey, well, if you're going to just raise prices and not provide more value, then I'm out, you know. But um, mm. one thing I cut back was was my YouTube premium, which gets you like no ads and stuff like that. Oh, my God. How did you do that? You did it? Really? Did you install some kind of ad blocker or something? No, I'm just <laughs> just experiencing the ads. And what's interesting is it's like having the opposite effect it's well it's maybe the intended effect i want to watch less now it's like i used to watch 20 videos in a row now it's like two oh. or three and i'm like okay that's enough it was a of way that. to taper yourself off of yeah it. sort oh. of like a sort of a self-control thing and then we, even for some things like we're going to like the ad version of disney you know which is okay. like yeah kind of risky or you know we had ad hulu but like ad version of disney and it's like if we find ourselves like, God, this is a lot of ads or, or like, you know, annoyed, you know, like we'll pay to remove the annoyance, but like, uh, like kind of choosing the ad supported thing. I know that's sort of like, I don't know, stupid to like, why would you ever want to watch ads? But it's just kind of like, a, I don't know, I save more money if I just get through the ads every once in a while, you know, so uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't ruin my life to like watch a 40 second commercial. So it's, it's funny to watch services like dial ads up and down to like, like they'll hit you with one ad or they'll hit you with five in a row just to kind of try to get more out of you. You know, Instagram does this, Twitter does this. It's like end of the month, watch it. Cause they like start putting more ads. I think to like end of the month, end of the quarter, the like oh, number really? of ads goes up for sure. For sure. Oh my God. I just watch don't it. Love it. <sighs> yeah. It's gross. Oh, it's funny. It's, it's, I don't know. I do get a kick of how that stuff works. I'm a, a, a watcher of a, the occasional, I want to watch a Wisconsin Badgers football game, you know, I try mm-hmm, to catch them mm-hmm. on Saturdays when I can, unless like some real life stuff comes up. You know, I'm not one of those dads that's like, I'll At be the on bar. the couch. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't bother me. 
Um, but, you know, there's a, the occasional Saturday where it really kind of doesn't matter and I'd rather just have it on or whatever. I remember not so many years ago, it was really hard to 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 even get it. You know, you're like, you got to sign up for this weird Big Ten network thing and it's $80 a month or something and it may or may not work on your Apple TV where you want to watch it. Or, you know, it's just hard. Now it's just like weirdly easy. You like sometimes it might be like, oh, I got to download Fox Sports or something, but that'll work. Or I don't know. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's just been random happenstance, but it's, I feel like it's gotten a lot better. People want your money, of course. But if you want to watch something, you can find a way to do it. Well, yeah. It, yeah. Sports is a hard one, though. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it is. It's like, I don't know. Have you uh, do you, forever? I use the Apple TV because I like the interface. It's like you know, Roku is cheaper, and I, I like some of the spirit there. But I really dislike the interface. Very sorry, I can't do Roku. And then we we try the the Google one, Chromecast. Yeah, not, Chromecast. also not my favorite. I want like a decent remote and stuff, and I do like the Apple TV remote because the scrubbing is super nice. The scrubber is just it's, excellent. It's on pretty that. fun, yeah. And the um, okay, but there's the, there's problems with now. I got an Xbox, brand new, you know, mm, a part of the Xbox yeah, yeah. club. I would like to have a little shop talk show party on there if everyone we wants should, to yeah. get out their headphones and play Animal Party or something. I wonder if I, I think I set up a shop talk show group a long time ago <laughs> I'll, I'll let me maybe i deleted it but we could we could get a gamer club a shop talk gamer club on xbox it'd be fun uh, so yeah i just i don't know once in a while you know i got it because i wanted to play with a with another friend uh is going through some some stuff <laughs> so it's like we're gonna i want an excuse to like maybe this is a man thing but like i'll call him anytime but we'll talk for 10 minutes you know like not or 15 or something but not hours yeah it's just i don't know why it's i don't it's not because i'm like i'm a man i can't talk but it just i don't know it feels like all right brother see you soon yeah it's just my style but i feel like if we were playing games it could be a you know more bonding over whatever just an idea not to uh, unplug from gender stereotypes but i have like heard like uh men in particular are way more objective based in their relationships um mm. but um decouple that it can you know you don't necessarily have to fit in this box but like if you're you're more like um uh you know some people are kind of more objectives like like you know you work and you're friends with people at work whereas you might some people are more like natural relationship makers, you know, and so they kind of build relationships wherever they go. So my wife and I happen to fit the gender stereotypes, I'm sure. But, you know, it's it's interesting. So Indeed. Yeah. But so, you know, and I've had a switch to is still relatively new, but I have that. And my smart TV's interface isn't totally awful. Smart TV interfaces are not my so favorite. It occurred to no. me that like for stuff like Hulu or Apple TV or something. I can I have four things attached to my TV that can watch that feel which feels a little weird. It's a lot, huh? I watch it. It's a lot, a lot of stuff that can that can do the apps. And we kind of yeah. gotta choose, you know. And I was like, uh, I don't never like the TV one because I know that the TV is like subsidized cost based on it. So it's probably reporting ungodly amounts of information through the internet. So on the TV, I go into settings and I turn off any Wi-Fi, anything. Like you're not Good. allowed to yeah, connect yeah. to the internet. I trust the Apple device more in that way. Not that I'm tinfoil hatty, but I'm like, I also don't want you using my bandwidth. That goes off. So that one's out. Yeah. Apple TV is good as I like the remote, but not, uh, then switches, I feel like it's a little too weird to, I don't know. I don't, yeah. 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 But now that I have an Xbox, which I went with the the fancy one, the Ooh, X the S. or whatever. Yeah, S? X, S? X, X. I forget the what block, it is. Because yeah. the, the that TV is relatively nice. So I went with the one with that has the highest res output. And so it looks amazing. The, yeah. I love the Xbox interface. I think it's so nice. It's just classy interface. It's way nicer than the Switch's stupid one. Yeah. Uh, but it's also got all the apps in there. So I wouldn't blame a household, even one where not everybody is a gamer, that they just rocked the Xbox as like the thing to watch TV. The media center. The problem yeah. is it doesn't have a volume on the game controllers. And I ran it past Miranda and I just knew what she was going to say. She's like, I am not using a video game controller to watch TV. And I was like... My, my wife shut down right. in a similar manner when we had yeah. <laughs> It was like, it's all there. Look at it. And she's like, yeah, it's, no, it's not. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's not. So That's a big no. We have one Apple TV and one Roku. And so Roku. uh, Roku's on the like playroom TV. Um, I like Roku because it's just, it's pretty stupid. You know, it's very like, 
you know, Apple TV is like, yeah, I'm in an app. Nope. I'm in like a directory. Nope. I'm in like Apple TVs recommending stuff from my apps kind of now, you know, oh, so yeah, like, the TV it, like, app is, was a confusing thing. Confusing. Yeah. And then like on the T Apple and TV search doesn't work with Netflix, even though the movie you're looking for is almost definitely on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> on Apple TV, I'm logged in as my son for some reason. Okay. Weird. That's cool. Let's figure that out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I, I like the Apple TV more, but Roku is very serviceable to me. So that's kind of my pick. Yeah, I do. I like how, because I have like four or something, because there's the bedroom one, the downstairs one, the office one, and the playroom one. A little too much. Probably could downsize on that, but we have it set up such that if you add an app or move an app or something and mm-hmm. it's positioned on the screen, it just moves them on all of them. That's great. Yeah. Which I do kind of like that. I, I would I would consider another Apple TV. Like, I think... Even, even because one of my concerns is like, uh, what do, are my parents going to be able to operate the TV when they come, (laughs) you know, uh, Mm. and Apple TV has had the highest success rate. So, um, nice for that. So I always wanted to do a, like a, if I was going to learn Swift or something, I would do, do you know, on CodePen, you can go to a collection, any collection Mm -hmm. and there's a little button that says TV mode and you can click that. And all it does is a very full screen output of the pen but then like 10 seconds later it just moves to the next one mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, so it's just kind of like a screensaver except for a screensaver that probably does pens absolutely sucks your battery life down because probably what you're doing it on is some extraordinary canvas expl- explosion of stuff yeah not the most efficient thing let's say no, certainly more than video. I thought it was funny the other day too that in the Apple keynote they're like, "This new Mac laptop's amazing. It'll do twenty-eight hours of of video or eight hours of browsing the web or something." It, was, it wasn't that dramatic, but it was like, yeah. "Ooh, that is an indictment of web browsing." Well, Johnny Groobs was was uh, picking on that. I think, yeah, um, yeah. that so. was uncalled for i thought but anyway the 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 you know to make a swift app that would do the collections thing or like just pick amazing pens so you, i could leave my apple tv on and have it be showing amazing pens on code pen I, I, I have a friend i uh, met in at germany in a conference and uh named Mar- marcel but he uh he is learning swift he's a designer so he's making all these really cool swift things and like um all these are just amazing little apps and stuff like that. So anyway, it's, it's really tempting to like, I'm seeing him have fun in Swift and I'm like, Ooh, wouldn't that be fun to do Swift? You know, like pretty self-contained. I, you know, I like the web. I'm a, a glutton for the web, you know, like I think yeah. it wins but some, always. But something new is fun, you know? Yeah. When, if I'm just like, whatever, fetching data and doing little blip bloops and cards, you know, we're floating around on top of each other. That could be fun. So. If you're syncing data, I know that there's like APIs and stuff. I'm sure Google has them for Android too and whatever, right? That are like, just put the data in their iCloud bucket and get it out or something. Yeah. Like I'm sure some app like Bear or something, that's what it's doing, right? It's not It's not using Bear's AWS servers, Right. right. Probably not. Yeah, it's not yeah, some yeah. Postgres instance somewhere that has this data in it. Yeah. But it could, right? Like there's, pl- I'm sure, plenty of apps like Facebook and whatever that just use their own infrastructure. And that's the web because it needs URLs to do it. And URLs mm-hmm. are websites. <laughs> kind yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, so that's always interesting to me. That's like, yeah, you can, you can uh, uh, go all in on native app development. But if your app like does stuff underneath it somewhere is still like web action yeah could you imagine like the migrate out of core data like what what would that entail you know like how would you just like be like we're gonna pull the plug on apple's data source and go full android as well god that would be a nightmare maybe well right it's not just the data storage but it handles like doing sync well you know, I've always wondered about that where I like, because offline comes into it too. Like I'm offline and I do some crap in bear and then it comes back online. But in that meantime, I've done, I've written some notes on some other app and whatever. Like it has to do all that syncing and not lose data. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be on that on your own. 
which is you know not an insurmountable problem, but no, not no. great. Yeah, I, I kind of don't want to do that, or I don't want to code that myself. You know, no, like if you're going to do it, it should be the thing that whatever makes you a million dollars. You know, it should be like clearly very valuable thing that you're about to add to an app, and you're about to undertake that journey because of the very clear value that it's about to deliver your app. Not just because, like, oh, I guess this app should have that thing. Yeah, yeah. If I if I had a million dollar a, a pile to cry into, I would consider doing it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be Amen. something. It's interesting. What like? Oh no, it would just be. You're like, ooh, Swift. Would that be fun? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, they have a pretty good like iPad app that teaches you how to code or something like that. So, well, um, isn't there? Swift what playground. would be interesting to me is the little the the UI stuff don't they have some ui library that you not only could but should use you know like yeah I don't think yeah like it's, your it's like your a design system like built into the the dang you know framework or basically the the programming language so you just say tab bar yeah Boop, i haven't enjoyed so. not that i'm ever gonna do this but it's not through pure hate but i liked how weird flutter was to style stuff it's like almost declarative styling but you do it I, right within all the rest of your code it could have been it could have been this this native stuff but i got i started watching flutter videos too um yeah. It's kind of cool. It's Dart, right? Under the hood. And, right, and right. So, like, that was, you know, it's JavaScript-like, which, you know, kind of familiar. Um, but it's, you know, Dart has an interesting history just with it being, like, what was it originally called? Like, Pepper or something like that? Uh, like, a uh, long, long, long time, you know. But it was, like, Google's, like, replacement for JavaScript. And then... Is that their Google best were, answer to the, like, I don't know, Mozilla has Rust and Google has Go... So, whatever they need a language to, Apple needs. Who's who's is Dart? That's Google too, though. Isn't I think it? that's Google. Yeah, yeah, that's Google too. Uh, Google also has Kotlin and um, yeah. Jeez, shipping languages. Apple has Swift. I've heard. Isn't there's anyway? I don't know enough here, but I Facebook think Swift is even going through some changes. <laughs> Facebook is drunk on metaverse, so. I've heard he's going to step down. This is, uh, he's done, you know? Really? No, I don't know. Probably not. But he, uh, what he's got under his belt is a metaverse disaster. But then there's this other guy who did all the, like, uh, threads. And threads is, whatever you think of it, is doing well. Taking off. So, like, maybe you should let that guy uh, run well, stuff. He's, maybe that guy gets it. Yeah. Or gal. I don't even know who she or he or she yeah. is. CEO of threads. Got it. <laughs> yeah. It is... Russo Kazi. Well, I don't even know if that's the person, but I could see it happening. Although that I heard Threads team originally was like whatever a dozen people or something. That's a little different in scale than all of Facebook. You know, you might yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. baby step up that a little bit. Easier to make changes on a new thing versus the old thing. So sure is. All right, dude. Wrapping it up here. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this. And your podcatcher of choice, be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on the social medias and then um, join us where the real party is over in the Discord. So thanks, everyone, who supports us and sponsors us through all that. It really means a lot. So, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Shopdogshow.com. <laughs>